Every year, 54 auto journalists vote on the best North American car, truck, and utility vehicle. On this week's show, our panel discusses the vehicles that made the finalist list in each category and predict who the winners might be. And now, here's your host, John McElroy. Today's show is all about the North American Car, Truck, and Utility of the Year, where 54 journalists from across North America get together to determine what have been the best new intros for 2018. We got a truck category, a utility, uh, utility category, and a car category. And to help me discuss who the finalists are and who might win are my fellow jurors, including Lindsey Brook from SAE Engineering, Chris Pockard from Roadshow by CNET, and Sharon Carty with Automotive News. And great to have the three of you here. Good to be here. Why don't we start with the truck category, because that's the easiest. You know, we had to vote on a bunch and narrow it down to three finalists. There's only three finalists in the truck category. And Chris, you know, you're one of the officers on the North American Car and Truck of the Year and Utility Jury. So why don't you take a stab at it first? Uh, talk a little bit about the three finalists and... Give us some, at least some of your thoughts on one of them. Sure. So I had the honor of announcing the three finalists uh, at the LA Auto Show, and I uh, got to hold the envelope up to my, my forehead like Kreskin, because we already knew that a 1500 was going to win this thing. Um, and those are the Dodge Ram 15, pardon me, the Ram 1500, no longer Dodge, yes. um, the Chevy Silverado 1500, and the GMC Sierra 1500, uh, which are two close cousins, but I think GMC and Chevrolet have done a better job of differentiating those two trucks this year. And what we've seen is there's a lot of uh, investment in things like uh, bed technologies from General Motors. So you've got the largest bed they've ever had, um, and you have this unique Swiss Army tailgate that's available that's uh, reconfigurable every which way. It's a really impressive vehicle. Um, maybe the interior is a little bit, a uh, little too carryover to me, um, but they have a range of powertrains from a 2.7 liter turbocharged four-cylinder now on up to the traditional 6.2 liter V8. Uh, and then the Ram 1500 has a new mild hybrid assist uh, system, um, and it's got an optional infotainment screen that's very Tesla-esque um, and a really top-notch interior. Yeah. Sharon, what do you think of these, these three trucks? You know, I think for me the vote is going to come down to which one I think is more usable. Um, I haven't really fully narrowed it down yet, um, but, you know, it, like Chris said, a lot of they feel the same. Um, and... For trucks, it's all about utility, right? It's all about what you can do with it. So I'm um, going to be sort of playing more with the back ends of them and just kind of climbing in and out and seeing how that goes. I love that when part of the test drive is just cl climbing in and out of pickup right, beds. Right, right. <laughs> well, Lindsay, what do you think about these? And, and I agree with them on utility, but I'm taking a little bit different tack on ride refinement. And I think there is one of those three. I won't reveal it, but I think there's one that's a little bit ahead of, of the other two. Mm -hmm. So can I put any of you on the spot? Who do you think is going to win Truck of the Year? I think the Ram's going to take it. Yeah, I was going to say that, too. Yeah. I'm not sure. That was the one I wasn't going to reveal. <laughs> <laughs> Secret's blown. I'm, I'm going to agree with you. I, I think the Ram will win. I, I think the other two, the, the Chevy and the GMC, are terrific trucks. I think they're going to sell like crazy in the marketplace. But that big screen... And it's, it's not just that. It, it's the entire interior of that Ram pickup. When you go in, you go, wow. And when you get in the Chevy, you go, oh, that's nice. There's nothing wrong with the Chevy or the GMC, the GMC being a little bit better than the Chevy. 
but that RAM is really impressive from that standpoint. I, I, I think it's going to be close, but I, I think I'm with you guys. It's probably going to be the RAM that wins. It's a shame we don't have a Ford in this mix, and GM was able to split out the two brands as well. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, why don't we go to uh, utilities? And the, the three finalists for that are the, the Hyundai Kona, the Acura RDX, and the Jaguar I-Pace. And, Sharon, why don't you pick it up first? What, what are some of your thoughts? Why don't you start with the, the Hyundai Kona? Well, the Kona EV was, I think, one of my surprises of our big testing day. I wasn't expecting to like it as much as I did. And I ended up, it ended up being one of the ones I voted for. Um, you know, it, it, for me, it was one of those that sort of proved that you don't necessarily need to lose a lot of sportiness when you go to an EV. Um, yeah, and it just, I just found it to be pretty fun. I, I agree. I mean, I think that the, the Kona Electric's a great choice. Uh, the problem for me with that is it's not a 50-state vehicle yet, um, but it's got class-leading range. Um, it does feel peppy. I mean, it's got uh, 200 horsepower or so, maybe 201 horsepower and close to 300 foot-pounds of torque. It's a great package size, um, and it's a, it's a really nice real-world car. I think the volume player in that segment is going to be just the standard Kona, though, um, and that's a great vehicle uh, in a hugely important class. It's got easy-to-use tech. Um, it's got a controversial look. Not everybody's going to enjoy the way that that vehicle appears, but I think, you know, that's by design. Mm -hmm. and, and I think I agree with this. Um, I got in the car down at our, our test drive and wasn't thinking that it was an EV. So I thought it's starting out in, in electric mode, but it's a hybrid. Then I thought, this is an EV, and it was so seamless. It was so kind of regular car-like that we, we've crossed the threshold from science projects and development vehicles into really a mainstream kind of a feel. I'm not convinced it's a utility, and that's my problem with this. I, I think this is a real, you know, it crosses the line, and I know we're going to talk about Wrangler, and it kind of bothers me that Wrangler isn't in this finalists list this year, but I would trade a Wrangler for a Kona EV as good as the Kona EV is. That's my feeling. Yeah, you, you just took the words right out of my mouth. I don't know what to say right now. It's that uh, when the general public looks at the Kona EV, they're not going to say, oh, that's a utility vehicle. They're right. going to go, this is a compact hatchback, yeah. an electric one at that. Um, and so, yeah, um, I think it's a very well done EV. You, you mentioned it's got the best range. It also has a, a bigger battery than, say, the Chevrolet Bolt. So it should get a greater range. But it does have, a, a, I believe, the, the highest efficiency rating from the EPA. So Hyundai really did a good job in that regard. But in, And we'll get to the, the Wrangler in just a minute. <laughs> well, what do you think about the Acura RDX? That was my pick for this, and I'm hoping that that wins this category. I think overall that vehicle is just What'd you great. like about it? Uh, body stiffness, driving dynamics, overall room, uh, styling. Um, I got some quibbles about some of the HMI, but I think I could get over that. Yeah, the, the interface with the— yeah. The, the controls for the HVAC and uh, the sound system. I, I am still not down to uh, pads where you write things on in cars. Just not. Yeah. No. All right. I don't mind the pads that you write things on, but I'm not a fan of touchscreens in general. Pardon me, uh, touchpads in general. I think this Acura system is leagues ahead of the Lexus system, which I consider to be the absolute yeah, worst agree, in the industry. Yeah. Um, and so there's uh, true positioning. So upper left is upper left and lower right is lower right. And so that makes it a little bit easier to use. Um, I still prefer a conventional touchscreen or a multi-controller. Um, that said, uh, Lindsay, I mean, this is a great vehicle. Um, we... You know, when we think of Acura, we, we think of some of the hardships they've had in recent years, trying to get uh, mind share and get sales. But 
in SUVs, it hasn't really been a problem, and they've quietly crept up there. Um, this vehicle has been on the market already. It's, it's performing very, very well for them. Uh, it's a nice size package. It is incredibly refined, and it's uh, comparative value. If you look at it versus an Audi or a BMW, it's thousands and thousands of dollars less. Now, do people consider it to be in that same class of vehicle? That's another question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would say, you know, one of Acura's problems has been that, that it has been just sort of beefed up Hondas, and they haven't really taken a step to really differentiating the brand. Sort of that old, you know, that old domestic big three way of doing differentiating Fords from Mercury's, Honda and Acura have been doing that. And this is the first time they think that in a while that they've really differentiated an Acura from a Honda. And, um, you know, it's really, it's unique. And I think that they have it right in where it needs to be with its styling and the powertrain and uh, with the price. And so I think it is a good car. It wasn't, it's not, it wasn't one of my top, but mm-hmm. I definitely think it's a, it's a good vehicle. Okay, let's go to the, the third finalist, the Jaguar I-Pace, another electric. What do you think, Chris? Um, well, I think it's one of the most entertaining cars I've driven this year. Um, and it's the first uh, fully electric ve- luxury vehicle SUV from a mainstream automaker. Um, and I think it drives fabulously. Uh, the handling is great. Um, it's got reasonable utility out of it. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Um, I've loved all modern Jag and Land Rover designs. Um, this is the first one that doesn't really hit the mark for me um, of the Ian Calamera, just for, what, for whatever that's worth. Um, I, I, I fear that the HMI, the infotainment system, is... Uh, Maybe not as good as it could be. It's not as good as it is in the Land Rover uh, Velar, which is a very similar system. Um, but I think when you get in that car and you drive it, you really feel like you're in something special. Um, and I think that's going to sway a lot of votes. We've already seen it take home a lot of prizes this year from other publications and, uh, and awards around the industry. Yeah, I'd love to see him go to Palo Alto and see the take rate on, you know, just visibly how many I-Paces you see kind of driving around in Silicon Valley. I, I think this is a worthy, certainly Model X competitor, if not an overall Tesla competitor. I agree with Chris on, you know, the, the human-machine interface could be a little bit better in this car. It goes like stink, this car does, so it's fun to drive. I've heard people haven't been getting the, the, the range that's advertised out of this car, um, but I'm not really sure that matters at this point. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, I voted for this car. I like it, um, but I, I disagree on the range issue. I do think it's a big issue. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've got a long commute, and, and I was worried getting 60 miles with it because it just was depleting so quickly. Um, and but I think it's a gorgeous, gorgeous vehicle. I, I the styling works for me, especially in the colors that they had it out That's in great. the test fleet. The orange was really cool. On the other hand, the HMI issues. You know, I think when you're spending this much money and you're trying to appeal to a tech audience, having things that are just you know lagging and not responding the way they're supposed to be. Um, that's a problem, and especially when you know you have high expectations when you're spending that kind of money on a car. Um, so I think that there it's it's. Not an easy win for me. It's it's problematic. Yeah, no, I would agree with you entirely, and, and I'd echo what you guys said. Beautiful car. I mean, drop-dead gorgeous vehicle. But when you get in, it doesn't have the big screen that Tesla put in the Model X, what, three years ago? Mm-hmm. It doesn't get the range that Tesla does. It doesn't have the charging speed that Tesla does. This is brand new. This is the just hitting the market right now. It doesn't offer the kind of over-the-year updates that Tesla does. So I'm puzzled why... 
Tesla has been able to come out with a Model X that competes directly with this three years ago, and Jaguar can't match it on some of the things that really make people love those Teslas. Mm -hmm. and, and to Sharon's point about range, too, I mean, as we get EV'd into the SUV segment, towing is going to be part of this. And we've seen online some Model X owners who have tried towing with their Model Xs, and state of charge just plummets when you pull with these things. And that's in a moderate uh, thermal conditions of California. I mean, once you try to do that in the Midwest and the East Coast, I think this is going to be, for the manufacturers, something they've really got to look at. And w none of us towed, I don't think, with, with the I-Pace, but I think it's something that if you're not getting good range just in commuting, you hook a trailer up to it, it's going to be an issue with these things. Lindsay, you mentioned earlier you were surprised that the Jeep Wrangler did not make the finalist list. Why do you think it didn't make it? It puzzles me. It was my second choice after RDX. I separated them by a point or two. Um, I, I think the new Wrangler is, you know, Wrangler is this, you know, evolution from 1941, okay? And, and you can chart these changes. Uh, and I think the J, what are we now, JL, right? JL model versus JK is a pretty big leap for a Wrangler. Uh, and I think the 48-volt mild hybrid system was big. Uh, the interior is much better. The ride quality is much better. Everything's just really much better about this thing, yet it's still a Jeep. It's still a flat-fendered, you know, Army-based vehicle. And that was my disappointment with this. I think that's fair. Uh, it's uh, it's a, you know an icon, yeah. um, and the amount of updating that they've done to make it a more livable vehicle every day has really transformed that vehicle in my eyes. Um, I've got an 18-scale Jeep on, on my desk at home. I love these things, but to be honest with you, I've always thought you need to be a bit of a masochist to want to drive one every day because the NVH and the, you know, the fuel economy and the, you know, the ride quality have just been abysmal. Um, but driving this new one, I, I, can, I could do it. Yeah. Your thoughts, Anna? Oh, I mean, I love I love the Wrangler too. Um, I I would love to own one myself, but I would want to use it for off roading. Um, and so I think you know one of the things with Nactoy, what we're trying to do is like look at what's massively appealing to the North American market. And um, you know, for whatever reason, it just it didn't click with enough people. I mean, it's a it's a great SUV. It's probably the only actual SUV <laughs> that we that we tested, being a having so many different things you can do with it. But I just think, you know, broad-based, it's still too niche, even and, though it is better. And I felt a little bit let down because we made this announcement at L.A., and then we saw the reaction to the Gladiator, which is the pickup truck version of this being launched. And, and I did my final day's recon around the whole show, and I saw the Audi e-tron. There was a lot of people around that. I went to Rivian and saw their pickup, a lot of people. And I went to Jeep, where I think you guys were filming the show. And it was like a madhouse. And here's this very analog vehicle in a digital world. With, we've seen the future of these electric vehicles, and here's this Jeep. Windshield folded down, doors taken off. You think, how can anyone even sell vehicles that could do that today? It's just so throwback. But, I mean, it's appealing in L.A. People drive them for style. People drive them off-road because they're great. People drive them because they're an American icon. So there's a little bit of a letdown there. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I thought it made the list. I gave it a bunch of points. Another one that I was surprised didn't make the list, was the, the finalist list, that is, is the, the Hyundai Santa Fe. All new uh, utility vehicle from Hyundai. They nailed the packaging. I wouldn't say there's yeah. any one aspect of the vehicle that stands out. But when you look at 
the roominess, the egress, the, the comfort of the second row seat, the amount of luggage space, the, the fuel efficiency, the price, everything. It's just a terrific package. And I, I was kind of surprised the jury didn't see it quite the way I did. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's a tremendously well-rounded vehicle and a really, really tough and important segment. I think your point that there's not one particular attribute that's that stands out is probably what sunk it. I mean, the, the styling is quite distinctive, and maybe not everybody likes that. But beyond that, it's just a really well-done crossover. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really is. Okay, let's move on to cars. The finalists in the Car of the Year segment are the Genesis G70, the Honda Insight, and the Volvo S60, also including the V60, which is the, the station wagon version of it. Why don't we start with the Genesis G70? And Sharon, why don't you take it? Oh, well, and the G70 is just a great car. It's a, it's a lot of fun to drive. Um, it's quiet. It's athletic. Um, you know, the interior is beautiful and well-appointed. It feels like a really quality car. Um, you know, they had tuned it differently for Korea, and so they had to make it more sporty and dynamic for the American market, and I think they did a fabulous job, mm -hmm. and it, it, it looks great. I agree. I mean, I think it's a, it's a really incredible buy in a segment that's not known for incredible buys. I mean, the fact is it starts at around 34, 35 grand, and you can get a very nicely equipped car for that money. Um, the two liter is plenty of power, especially if you get it with a manual transmission, but the V6 is very refined. Um, the infotainment may not be the most advanced thing in the luxury realm, but it's, it's very easy to use. And I prioritize ease of use over fiddly features that maybe a lot of people wouldn't actually ever use. Um, and it's, it's a really great livable car with a great warranty. I totally, uh, totally understand why it's a finalist. Mm -hmm. Yeah, huge value for what for the segment this is in. Their execution of this car, uh, it feels nimble, but it feels stable on the road. It's fast. Uh, yeah, a couple nitpicks on the HMI, but uh, what a lot of car for the money. Really is, and, and Genesis has got to do that. Everywhere I've driven a Genesis, getting ready for our final vote here, people go, what is that? And I tell them, oh, it's the brand new Genesis. And I go, what's Genesis? <laughs> so they got a real problem. Then I explained, this is the luxury brand from Hyundai. Yeah. And they go, oh, okay. But as you guys know, sales are abysmal. Uh, nobody knows the name. Nobody even knows where to go buy these cars. And so that's great for anybody who wants to buy one. Why? because Genesis has had to overdo this car. The interior is beautiful. It's yeah. meticulously put together. The use of materials is superb. And the, the engineering of it, as, as you guys know, they stole the, one of the best performance engineers from BMW. Uh, the, the designers have come from BMW and other areas. So even though it's made in Korea, it's very much a European kind of sedan. And so anyone who buys one is get a going to get a car that is a lot more car for than any of the competitors offer because they have to offer a better car just to get people to try and consider it. And I, I think historically when we think of these Korean challengers uh, and previously the Japanese challengers to the European brands, we always think of them as, well, you know, they're the cut rate value play. Um, and that, that cost issues, there's yeah. certainly a gulf there now, but the reality is, is the, the G70 drives better than today's BMW 3 Series. It drives better than the Audi A4. They're just, they're, it's a more dynamic vehicle. Yeah. Okay, let's move on. Honda Insight, Lindsay. Totally surprised me. I, I, it's a good car. It surprised me that it made this list. Um, I just didn't see, I don't know, it wasn't, the car wasn't talking to me when I drove it. Uh, I put a lot of miles on it. Uh, it's certainly a big leap beyond the previous generation insights. 
but I, I'm really surprised. I mean, I only picked, uh, of, of the finalists, I only had one of them. I was a big Toyota Avalon fan, didn't make the list. Uh, I think it's a great car. So credit to Honda. I mean, they've got two vehicles in the finalists, but it, it just kind of surprised me. Yeah. Um, what I would say to that is, you know, for all the people that were interested in buying the Prius, but it got a little too weird, this is the car you want. I mean, from a design standpoint, yeah. that, that thing looks like, you know, it's from the space program, yeah. um, and, and not in a good way to me. The Martian space program. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's an uncomfortable-looking vehicle. But yeah. this Insight is really attractive, uh, and it's basically a replacement for the Civic Hybrid, and it'll get 50 miles uh, per gallon all day long, no matter what you do to it. Um, I don't find it that engaging from a driving standpoint. Um, you know, there is a CVT, and when you do, you know, step on that 1.5 liter, it, it does make a fair bit of racket. But it's an, it, for people that aren't going to push a car hard, it does everything right. Yeah. I wonder if it, if it got so many points just because it's such a big improvement over the second generation Honda Insight. I mean, you know, the first generation was a car that people kind of fell geeky in love with. And second generation was a big disappointment. And the third one is, you know, it's nice. Um, and I wonder if that's how it ended up getting points. Um, you know, it's a nice hybrid. It's a nice price. It's super efficient without sacrificing power. It's a good car. Yeah, that's what I would say. It's a good car. To me, it's not a finalist for the car of the year. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I would agree with everything that you guys said. It, it, it looks pretty good. It looks fairly mainstream. Uh, it gets fantastic fuel efficiency like you were talking about, Chris. But I, I like the way you put it, Lindsay. The car wasn't talking to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I just didn't feel connected to it in any way. And uh, but, you know, uh, for those who are looking for the ultimate in fuel efficiency and just want to get from point A to B and may not push a car like probably we all do. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it's fine. But uh, I'm, I'm kind of surprised it made the finalist. List. But it's funny. Previous generation Toyota Avalon didn't talk to me. And I don't know whether I'm because I'm getting old and it's kind of like just this what Buicks used to be, you know, really smooth, really refined, really quiet, really stable. Now I love it. <laughs> It's a, it's a, that's a great car. It, it's a really fantastic car. And, and I think maybe that people looked past it because the, the segment itself isn't exactly in root health. Right. Um, people aren't looking at full-size sedans that much, but it is a great vehicle. And, and the other thing that may have put people off of the Avalon is um, it's got enough grill for three cars. Yeah. Oh, it does. Yeah. 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 yeah I don't like that front grill. That, that, that's a little bit overdone in my... Yeah. Toyota's taken this design language. I think it's at its final stage. Yeah. Yeah. You know? right. <laughs> okay. Last car on the list, uh, Sharon, the Volvo S60. Yeah, well, it's the S60 and the V60. And the V60, the, the station wagon version. Right. right. Uh, well, the S60 is probably one of the most beautiful sedans on the market right now. So, so I understand why that ended up. And Volvo is just on a roll, right? I mean, we just keep trying to give these guys awards because the HMI inside them are, is just, it works great. It feels high tech. They drive nice. Um, so, yeah, I'm not surprised at all that it ended up on the list. And the V60 was, has been one of my favorite cars that I've test-driven all year, especially with the plaid seats. Yeah. Um, you know, I just, it was fun. I just yeah. had a lot of fun with that car. Yeah, I keep waiting for station wagons to make a comeback. Maybe this is the well, start. Well, yeah. all car guys love station wagons. I don't know that anybody who's not a car guy loves, yeah. and car and guy. I'm yeah. not sure that car women really yeah, love yeah, yeah. Well, wagons. guys, you know, men, women, same thing, right? I think we're all regressing into station wagons as crossovers become more 
and more car-like and, and, you know, more and more two-box anyway. Um, I agree. The, the V60, I have the Plaid seated one right outside the studio right now. Uh, one of the best cars I've driven all year. Um, I, I really enjoy it. The interior is fantastic, you know, from stem to stern. I, I will say that I'm not a fan of the HMI system the way that some people are, but it's very, very divisive. I think it looks great. I, I think it's a little clunky to use. Um, at least they've increased the processor power this year, so I think that's a, a big improvement. Um, but they drive nicely, and we have to remember this is the, the first vehicle coming out of their new North American plant, uh, actually U.S. plant, um, that's significant in that regard. And um, I think one of the things that we've seen is, you know, Volvo has redone their entire product portfolio and redone their brand image and, and their sales in one generation. Um, and even within that generation, there are differences. The newer cars have better infotainment. Um, the newer cars have much better ride quality than the early XC90, you know. And, and I think that they're learning. And that's really impressive to see them ramping in that, that quick a time frame. You're yeah, right. talking to their folks at the LA show, I mean, I really think their engineering and design are just meshing perfectly. And their top engineers say the Chinese are just kind of letting them do their thing, which is almost the perfect world, really. Uh, and Volvo's still are station wagons, to, to me, to Sharon's point. Uh, w one vehicle that I knew wouldn't make our list was the Buick Tourex, which is an Opel wagon. Uh, I was really impressed by that car, uh, like station wagons a lot, or sport wagons, and the Volvo, I think, is kind of the epitome of that now. So the V90, the V60, they're great. Okay, let me put you on the spot. Car of the year is going to be, what do you predict, Sharon? Um, oh, I think it's going to be the G70, but I will probably be voting for the V60, for the S60 V60. Okay, Chris? I think it's going to be the Genesis. Genesis? Yeah, I, I agree with that. That's my vote. I didn't get you guys on the uh, utility of the year. I got you on truck, but not utility. So, Sharon, what do you think? I pace, I think. I agree. RDX. RDX. Yeah, I think I'm with Lindsay on that one. Yeah. I think. Uh, you didn't ask us what we wanted to win, but that's what I think oh, will no, win. No, and that's what I'm asking. What do you think will win? Because, yeah. you know, we've already talked about other vehicles we thought should be on the list that didn't make mm -hmm. it. So that's what I was curious in as to what y'all thought will really win. Mm. Okay, so we've got all our predictions down there. i got to thank you guys for coming on. Lindsey Brooke from SAE Engineering, Chris Pockert, Roadshow by CNET, Sharon Carty from Automotive News. Thank you, guys. I really enjoy getting your insights on what you think is going to happen. Now, we should also add that the finalists will be announced the first media day of the Detroit Auto Show, the North American International Auto Show, which is right around the corner. So thanks for that. And as I always say, I want to thank you for having tuned in.